0: I I love to use visuals, so I'm going to use some visuals. There's this guy in the Old Testament. His name was Samson, and he was a judge. It was before Israel had kings. And Samson, he was kind of like the kind of guy that he probably uh, had a mullet, wore, like, tank tops, went to the gym all the time with the bros, drove a Trans Am with T-tops, He he was a man's man, and he was born and became a judge of Israel by birth, and he had this amazing strength and power, but he also, uh, in many ways, was just a big kid with too much testosterone, so he falls in love with a Philistine girl. And wants to marry her. Now the Philistines were from the wrong race. So there's a race issue right off the bat. Um the Philistines hated the Jews. The Jews hated the Philistines. Uh, but he saw this smoking hot Philistine gal. Didn't care. Because testosterone is driving. Um and there's something you can applaud about that. Like, dude, he digs her. It doesn't care. It's the wrong thing. So we got a mixed, we got a mixed race marriage going on, but it doesn't turn out well because while he digs her, he doesn't like Philistines. He hates them, as a matter of fact. He's still racist as hell, and so are they. Um, and um, so the, the the wedding doesn't go well because uh, he, being the jerk that he can be tells the the groomsmen of the bride uh, or the the bridal party the men of the bridal party tells them a riddle and he tells them if he can f- if these 30 dudes can figure it out he's going to give them like smashing a uh, wardrobe like armani suits they're going to get they're going to get clothes, and uh, so they got four days to figure it out after three and a half days they can't figure it out he's laughing just humiliating them. And then they corner uh, his wife-to-be. This is a very long process in the Middle East in those days. Uh, And they coerce her into giving the answer, and she does. So day four finishes, and he asks him to answer the question, and it blows his mind. And he immediately knows his wife must have given them the answer. And he tells them that. He says, if you hadn't plowed with my heifer... That's how you refer to her. You he would have never answered this riddle. So how does he get the 30 sets of clothes? He goes to a, a Philistine city and he kills 30 well-dressed men that are Philistine and he strips them of their clothes and he presents them. Of course, that's a problem. Philistines don't take well to that. Either does dad and the family. So they don't allow... ...him to take his bride. In fact, they give his bride to one of the wedding party. And uh, now he gets angry. You know, he is really angry. And he exacts uh, revenge upon them. He takes uh, 300 foxes. This is a fable, okay? Takes 300 foxes. And he ties their tails together. And he puts a torch. A lit torch to each of the pair, so 150 pair with torches, and then he sends them into the Philistines' fields, and he burns them to the ground. Now, this is basically on par with uh, you know nuclear destruction. He burnt their fields to the ground. That means famine. That means death and pestilence for, for years and years. Um, he was pissed and his tit for tat was a nuclear bomb and, and this continued and it continued to escalate and he rationalized it because he said this is what they did to me so I'm just doing back to them what they did to me I mean they're the ones that cheated in the first place and he was right he was absolutely right they cheated uh, but he was the one as well that played a role And now it becomes this thing of escalation. Ultimately, the Jews themselves are like, you got to turn yourself into them because they want us to hide. And because this is bad for all the people. You're supposed to be the guardian. You're supposed to be uh, the people that, that takes care of us as a judge. And you are leading us into a path of war and death and destruction with your tit for tat. Uh, machoism Uh, and so they work out a deal to do that but he doesn't stick to the program they come in to grab him and he fights them off and he ends up killing a thousand Philistines you'll probably remember this with the jawbone of an ass not my jawbone but the jawbone of another ass he kills a thousand of them and this is the ongoing story if you remember at the very end if you don't remember the whole story look up the movie it's with Victor Mature it's a fantastic biblical movie of the golden era of hollywood at the very end um they've gouged out his eyes with they've burned out his eyes they've he's been grinding in a mill like a mule and uh he's in shackles and chains. And of course the whole sub story is his strength is in his hair and his hair is now grown back. They cut his hair, Delilah, you know the whole thing. Cut his hair, it's grown back and now they're gonna mock him uh, in the arena. And in the arena they bring him out and he asks to be put between the two pillars and he's put between the pillars, he pushes them over and he kills tens of thousands of Philistines. And he goes down a Jewish hero because he kills more Philistines you know, in his death than he did in his life or something like that. I don't know what Jesus would think of that. I mean, I think somewhere in there, Jesus would say, mm, there's probably a time that you need to put the jawbone down. There's a time that you've got to let go of revenge. There's a time that tit-for-tat or escalation. Well, didn't he say that? He did, right? Sermon of the Mount. Jesus made these statements like, Hey, man, turn the other cheek, go the extra mile. Directly relating to what we're talking about right now. There comes a time where you, you know what? You're better off loving your enemy, praying for them feeding them, clothing them, seeking another way. Uh, Samson never sought another way. He just sought the way of escalation. They did this, I do that. Now, I'm not blaming him any more than I'm blaming the others. They both had this dance going. Escalation, escalation, escalation. Uh maybe you could put more blame on Samson because he went hardcore. He really did. Murdering 30 guys because <coughs> he lost <coughs> a bet and then uh, absolutely annihilating their fields. Oh, my God. You know, famine. Uh, yeah, no, let's, let's say he was kind of a dick, okay? Samson was kind of a dick. Even though they call him a hero, he was a dick. But long story short, Jesus says there comes a time where you've got to stop. You've got to stop and lay down the job. And I buy that. There's a time to love your enemy, to forgive, to turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, to pray for those who persecute you. He makes it very clear. What's also interesting about Jesus, though, is Jesus was not mild and meek. I mean, he had confrontations with the religious leaders and the political leaders of the land. They are, in fact, the ones that murdered him. It wasn't. It wasn't. The peasantry. It wasn't the Samaritans. It wasn't uh, other ethnic groups. It was his own people in leadership. It was their collaboration with the powers that be, the Romans that led to his brutal execution uh, under law, after being found guilty in multiple trials. Now you can say they were kangaroo courts, absolutely. But nonetheless, he was found guilty of sedition and he was killed like a common criminal, humiliated. But let's remember, uh, it was rich, Religious, powerful leaders and politicians that murdered Jesus. Interesting. You don't murder a nice guy. So don't get Jesus as this mild and meek dude. You don't execute nice people. You execute a threat. And Jesus was a threat. He was a threat because of his ideas ideas. Some of those ideas were like I said passivity um, overcoming evil with good but sometimes he got fed up too I mean he I gotta gotta hit this button Uh, he lays into the religious leaders his own people, his own flesh and blood he calls them the most awful names he mocks them ridicules them calls them sons of the devil he says their converts are twice damned to hell than they are. That's it's not kind language. But one day what really gets his goat is he goes to the temple to worship. It was Passover. And this is what it says in chapter 2 of John, the Gospel of John. When the Jewish Passover was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. The temple courts... In the temple courts, he found men selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and money changers seated at their tables. Okay, so this is a place of sacrifice. And Passover, people come from all over the diaspora, the dispersion of Jews throughout what was the, 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 the world, as it was known. The world that was created by Alexander the Great and now governed by the Romans. They're from all over. Uh, North Africa, East Asia... Europe, the Middle East, and they gather there, and they bring different currencies, and yet they got to pay a temple tax. It's called it's a shekel. I actually have one. Um, this is a shekel, a shekel of Tyre. It is a it's a thick slug of silver. This is over two thousand. Well, it's two thousand years old. Um, this particular shekel, in fact, because I love collecting coins. Uh, and this particular one has an amazing story because I got this while in Israel, in Jerusalem, looking specifically for this coin with num- numismatists, uh, coin collectors. And this one is struck in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. And it's struck in the Jerusalem Mint. And it bears uh, the head. And on the backside is the graven image of the emperor. And on the backside, uh, a Tyrian eagle. And it also has the KP mark on it of the Jerusalem mint. Uh, why was that interesting? Well, because if you know the Old Testament Bible, blah, 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 uh, the Jews took great offense at graven images. Well, what do we got here? A couple of graven images, Right. Jews wanted nothing to do with graven images. They were willing to lay their lives down. We we find that out from Josephus' writings. But the point is here, uh, this one was accepted. It was accepted because it was of exceptional quality, silver. So the Jewish religious leaders were like, yeah, 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 we got an offense (laughs) with graven images except the Tyrrhenian shekel, because that shit's pure. We'll take that stuff. We'll make an exception. And they did. The funny thing is, is that uh, close to Jesus' time, the Tyrian Shekels struck in Tyre, which is north of Israel. Uh, they actually uh, diluted the silver content, and that was unacceptable to the religious leaders. Like, you can't dilute that shit. So they begged and pleaded for... A mint to be made in Jerusalem where they could make these coins out of higher silver content so it could meet the religious needs of the priests. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, there you go. And Jesus comes in because to get this coin, you're trading in different currency uh, because you're coming from different parts of the world. And yeah, so it's like, you know, it's, it's an exchange and you pay, you, know, you do this today. I don't give a shit. You go to Europe and you're going to pay, you know, you're going to pay a, a fee for an exchange. And these were the money changers. That was their job. Uh, people were buying animals for the sacrifice. Uh, and obviously when it became time for a sacrifice, uh, the market, It's just like our gas prices. Gas prices go up in summer and they go up at Passover for animals to sacrifice. Was, but he sees this and he gets so pissed off. Jesus, I love this. He loses his shit. John 2:15 said, so he made, handmade a whip out of cords. Jesus sat down pissed off and gra- grabbed leather cord And started braiding a whip, a flagellum, something that could take your skin off. He braids one, and it says, he made a whip out of quartz, and he drove them all from the temple courts. All means all. He beat the shit out of the tax, uh, excuse me, of the of, of, of the temple court money changers. He beat the shit out of people that were exploiting the peasantry. He beat the crap out of these extortionists and he drove them and the sheep and the cat, he caused a stampede in the temple. Then it says he poured out the coins of the money changer and over of the money changers and overturned the tables. You, basically, what he's doing is he's blowing up a Brinks armored truck in the middle of the city, a poor city. He's taking these. Incredibly valuable valuable silver slugs. And he's smashing and knocking them out onto the streets. And he causes a riot. A freaking riot. And people start grabbing the money and stealing and running. And the money changers get the shit beat out of them. This is kind of a violent jubilee. Things are being made right that are wrong now a lot of my pacifist brother and sister sisters are and I was one once I'm not anymore I changed my mind about stuff I wasn't before then I was and then I'm not so I'm like 98% pacifist 2% I'll fucking kill you okay Uh, if needed this this scene of Jesus is a real problem for those people uh, just like Jesus drinking alcohol is a problem for like the super hyper fundamentalists. <laughs> Jesus was just drinking grape juice. Bullshit. Oh, well, Jesus was just making a little whip so he could, you know, get the animals. <laughs> Come on, everybody's got to make everything fit into their own already constructed box. No. Jesus beat the shit out of those guys and he drove them out and he created chaos. He created an absolute riot because he was angry because he said, this is a house of prayer and you turned it into a den of thieves and he went fucking off. He went off. Makes me feel so much better because right now I feel like going off. And I think it's a time to go off. I think it's a time right now. Maybe it's not everybody's time, but it's my time. It's the time of others. It it, it doesn't mean that I, I condone the destruction of property and the killing of innocent people. Whether it's cops doing the killing or anybody else. Whether it's cops destroying homes by kicking in the doors with no-knock warrants and shooting up the place and killing an innocent woman like Breonna Taylor. I don't don't approve of that any more than I approve of people burning down somebody's business because they're angry. And yet I understand the anger better than I do the inexplicable murdering of innocent people by police officers, because they're supposed to be our guardians. And if the guardians aren't guarding, shit's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I have friends in law enforcement. For much of my life growing up, I had a singular goal. I wanted to be a policeman because I thought it was the most noble career a human being could undertake. And I still feel that way. I know good cops. I know lots of them. Um, not enough of them. Not enough at all. There needs to be a complete revamping and, re- and an overhaul of the way we do policing in America. And to weed out what we already know is the racist the underlying racist, systemic racism in departments across this country. We need to hire new and better people. We need to fire the others that aren't cutting it. And I've had lots of personal encounters. I'm not a black man. But I've had lots of personal encounters. And they weren't pleasant. And I've had some that were, and it was just like... Why can't it be like this? I don't care if you're writing me a ticket. Just don't treat me like I'm trash. And yet that's the black experience every day. We all saw a man executed in the streets. Four cops on him. 800 pounds of cop on him. I mean, they had total control of the situation. They executed the guy so there's reason to be angry. There's reason. Um, and I don't know what to do with that. Here's what I do know: A lot of people are confused about how they're feeling, including Christians. I had a dear Christian friends who say, I don't know how to make, you know I mean? I follow Jesus. I want to do the right thing. I support law enforcement as I do. I want good cops. I want the cops that I wanted to grow up to be. To be hired. I want us to change our policing methods. I want us to get away from the wild, wild west. America, we kill about third. No, this is factual stat- stats. American cops kill 31 people per 10 million citizens. That sounds like it's not bad. 31 dead people per 10 million per year. Except in Germany, it's one per 10 million. In the United Kingdom, it's less than one. And in many other Western countries, per 10 million, it's a fraction. They literally have years in a row where there's not one police killing per 10 million. got to do some things differently. And I'm not blaming this all on the cops. That's part of what this whole defund thing is. I think it's the worst word ever. It's not about defunding. It's about refunding. It's about funding into the communities. Cops should not have to handle a lot of the stuff they're called to handle. And people need to learn to stop calling cops for every little thing. You don't need a guy doing a little thing like this dude that was putting Black Lives Matter we just saw recently on his own home with some white chick and her husband walking by who lays into him because he's a man of color and says she's going to call the police because he's defacing property. The guy says, this is my house. No, he didn't even say that. He says, she says, he says, how do you know I don't live here? And she says, I know because I know the owner pulled that out of her ass. So she calls a cop to come over. People with guns. No, we don't, we don't need that bullshit. Mentally ill, I deal with them all the time. Cops should not have to deal with mentally ill people. They could be there to support. Professionals. Mental health professionals. So much of what police officers have to deal with is a broken down healthcare system but we don't want to invest in that. We'd rather incarcerate the mentally ill. No, 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 no. We got to do better. We can do better. And I want to do better. This is what helps me. My favorite book in the Bible, because it's such an (laughs) an existentialist dream. It's called Kohelet in the Hebrew. It's called uh, The Preacher. Uh, We call it Ecclesiastes in the Greek. And the writer of Ecclesiastes is an old man who has seen a lot under the sun. He's making assessments about life. And he writes this beautiful poem in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It's just eight verses. He says, for everything there is a season. A time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. Did you hear that? He's just stating the facts. It's going to be a time to kill. And there's going to be a time to heal. There's going to be a time to tear shit down. And a time to build it back up. He says there's going to be a time to cry. And a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter the stones and a time to gather them, a time to hug and embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. So what do we do? I can't speak for you. But for me, right now, this is not a time to be silent. This is not a time to mend. This is a time to tear down. This is a time to speak out. For me, the days ahead, This is a time to carry a a jawbone in one hand and as Jesus did, a whip in the other. And then I hope in the future because things are better, because things are made right, I can lay down the jawbone. Peace, grace, and wisdom be with you.